Welcome to our newest episode of the Lebanese Physicians Podcast, and today we'll be discussing the role of the medical informatics and artificial intelligence in healthcare and improving outcomes. And this episode is co-hosted with Dr. Hamad Ali Jardali, and also we're hosting today, we can say now Dr. Antoine Saab, since he's doing his, he's done his PhD in medical informatics recently. Dr. Saab actually did his undergrad studies in biomedical engineering from the Université Saint-Joseph. And then he went to France, where he did a master's in industrial engineering in Paris, and subsequently worked at GE Healthcare in healthcare informatics and quality improvement, and subsequently decided to move back to Lebanon in 2013, where he joined the, the Lebanese hospital, Jaitawi, as a prominent chief quality officer in the hospital, and has been working on medical informatics and its role in improving outcomes. Uh, and more recently, he did his PhD at the Sorbonne in Paris in medical informatics. And one of the topics he has been working on is uh, improving pandemic surveillance in Lebanon using artificial intelligence. Welcome, Antoine, to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Uh, Khalil and Dr. Uh, Jardeli, for, uh, for this initiative and for uh, having me with you. Thank you. So, so Antoine, uh, just to start with, don't let's not call each other doctors and just call each other by our first name, first names. <laughs> so could you could you provide us with an overview of your professional journey and key milestones that tell you to your current position? Yes. Well, uh, I began as a biomedical engineer by uh, through my studies in the USG University, um, and then shifted to another more, let's say, uh, open domain, which is uh, which is healthcare improvement uh, and helping uh, healthcare institutions uh, in France, uh, particularly uh, in their all their projects related to improvement uh, studies and uh, improving their strategies, their organization, uh, etc. And this made me uh, really realize and be very exposed to a lot of problems that the healthcare sector and especially the hospitals are being confronted. So uh, this made me think more about uh, trying to specialize in quality management and uh, healthcare management, which are domains that are really not uh, teached in, in undergraduate studies and neither in uh, graduate studies, but uh, this gave me the experience to uh, have later on a role in, in Lebanon because I, I always wanted to go back to Lebanon after my experience in France. And since 2013, I'm a quality manager, quality and safety manager at Jaitawi Hospital in Beirut. And to be honest, my first uh, encounter with the quality management in the hospital made me realize very quickly that when we talk about quality of care, what we have as tools in hospitals is really very far from being able to measure the quality of care. We have a lot of tools in quality management to try to improve performance and activity, but very, very few tools to really measure the most important aspect of quality of care, which is the, the clinical quality. So uh, that was my first challenge. And it's still my challenge, but this drove me to try to see how can we improve this? How can we better measure and detect the clinical quality aspects and especially adverse events that can happen in the hospitals? And we know that 
a lot of uh, adverse events ha happen in the hospitals. So how can a quality manager in his role really understand what's happening on a clinical level with the doctors, with the nurses, and try to improve this aspect of quality, which is, for me, the most important aspect. So it sounds, if I'm hearing you correctly, so your interest in medical informatics came through your job in, in, in quality. Is that a fair way to uh, assess things? Yeah. Yes. Yes. It came from my job and it came also from my passion for technology. Since I'm an engineer, I always had a, a passion for technology and I saw pretty quickly that it had the potential to change the game and this gap that I saw in my role. And this is what led you to your PhD. And is the project about the pandemic surveillance part of your PhD or is something else? My PhD was more about using AI, artificial intelligence, and other uh, medical informatics uh, tools to improve the detection of medical errors in hospitals. Because as you might know, there is a high incidence of medical and nursing errors in hospitals. We evaluate their incidence to more than a quarter of patients, which means that between 20 and 30% of patients that, that are admitted to hospitals uh, are subject to at least one adverse event, which is a harm that happened to them through their uh, journey in the hospital. And unfortunately, only 5% of these adverse events are really reported by the staff to the quality management or to the, the management in the hospital. So there's a huge gap. There's a 95% gap in the, the detection of adverse events. And uh, as you know, we cannot improve what we cannot measure. So this passes by improving the detection of, of these events of medical errors of, and nursing errors uh, so as to improve quality of care. And my challenge was how to deploy or how to find a systematic way using technology, using the hospital information system to be able to detect and to have daily reports about what's happening as errors and adverse events in the hospital. So I turned to the literature, I, I, I made some research and I found some systematic ways that are still being explored in, in Europe, in the Australia, in the US, that are called the trigger tools the trigger tools method, which are like variables or methods used in the, with the system, the information system of uh, the hospital, and that we can use to systematically detect some errors. So I tried to delve into this methodology and to automate it, to make it computerized, and try to see how can I get daily reports from the hospital information system about this. And I use this information with my team because we have a team of uh, a patient safety officer, infection control, and also we are in, in lesion with, uh, with the hospital management, with the nursing uh, management, with the medical uh, director, et cetera, how we can use this info to, to drive improvement actions in the hospital. And uh, this was before my PhD, and uh, we tried to publish this. We were published in, in a very good journal, the Journal of Patient Safety, uh, which is a very recognized journal in our domain. And later on, this gave me the idea uh, to even go further and try to use AI in this, uh, this sort of the detection and in even trying to recommend uh, actions to uh, professional, clinical professionals about what to do in case of errors and how to try to prevent 
the deterioration of patients in the hospital. So this was mainly the subject of my PhD. And after my PhD, there was a call for proposals from a Canadian initiative, which is called uh, AI for PEP, which is a, a Canadian initiative from the University of York that tries to address pandemic and epidemic preparedness of uh, institutions in low to middle income countries uh, using AI. So they had this call for proposals and uh, we we tried to to answer this call with a proposal. And uh, fortunately, we were selected among 14 projects based on uh, more than 240 proposals from all low to middle countries in the world. So uh, we're very glad to be one of the selected projects. And this is something that we're going to be beginning very shortly. Okay. So, so, so basically you have not started the project yet, but you've got the grant and the proposal has been accepted at this point. So the project is called Strengthening Lebanon's Pandemic Surveillance System Through AI-Driven Automation uh, of Laboratory Data, right? Yes. And so, yeah, so what are the main objectives and what are the expected outcomes of the project? So the main objective of this project is to improve really the system we are using in Lebanon for the early detection of pandemics. This came from an idea from our uh, involvement in infection control and uh, with the Ministry of Public Health in Lebanon, where we saw that during the COVID period, we saw really how the Minister of Public Health was trying to get information from hospitals. And even before this pandemic, how it was gathering information and trying to survey the infectious diseases that can be pandemic threats to the country. And there's a list of, of such uh, infectious diseases. And we always had in mind that there might be ways to improve the surveillance. Because mainly the surveillance is based on reporting from the hospitals to the Ministry of Health. And when you talk about active surveillance, you should not only rely on reporting. You should have between your hands as a Ministry of Health, as hospitals in Lebanon, a more proactive and systematic way to understand any deviance to the normal incidence or any trend that can be of clinical interest related to pandemic threats. And we think that Lebanon should be equipped with a better system for pandemic surveillance. If we can use our information systems, if we can link our hospitals and our labs in Lebanon in a very intelligent way, we can really have a dashboard at the Ministry of Public Health and also in in the hospitals to have an, an earlier detection of such threats And we know that Lebanon now, especially now, is really subject to such threats, not only from COVID. We know that recently we had also cholera in Lebanon at a certain moment. And we can be, due to our situation, due to our economic crisis, due to the presence of uh, refugees and really our situation in Lebanon, to a lot of pandemic threats. So uh, our project is more uh, based on improving this using AI technology. Fascinating, fascinating stuff. We did an episode actually uh, on cholera. And I remember through my medical training, at some point there was a polio outbreak in Syria and we were afraid that would spill over in Lebanon. And I think we had a few outbreaks of measles and mumps. 
throughout the past uh, 10 years. So uh, what, what you're talking about really resonates with our experience as, as doctors on the ground in Lebanon, fascinating stuff. So uh, you're talking a lot about the health information system, HIS. Can you tell us a little bit more about what's that like across the different hospitals in Lebanon? Are all the labs, do they have access? To, uh, are they automated? Do they all have uh, an HIS? Or Because I think in some places, a lot of things are still on uh, pen and paper, if I'm not mistaken. In fact, the situation is very variable across the different places in Lebanon. But uh, mostly, most of the, the labs and the hospital laboratories are equipped with, a, let's say, at least a minimal automation system uh, or hospital information system or laboratory information system. Of course, big, lar- large university hospitals in Lebanon, most now have EMR and have an advanced laboratory information system. But if you want to do projects that can be really leveraged across the, the Lebanese hospitals and labs, we need to be modest and we need to take into consideration the fact that not all systems uh, in Lebanon are mature enough to be really at the highest level. So we need something that is able to extract the information it needs in a standardized way, but also to not too much complex in order to have this information across the maximal number of laboratories and hospitals in Lebanon. So uh, yes, the, the situation is variable, but we think that it will improve with time because we're not going back on automation and uh, hospital information system. Uh, but we need to take this into consideration in our design and in our project. Yeah, because it might be that most of the hospitals might be like in Beirut uh, and the area around it. Uh, initially, I guess, uh, in that project. And so in, in the pilot phase of your project, so how, because now, now the pandemic is behind us, right? So how will you start the project uh, sur- for pandemic surveillance? Uh, because it might be harder now that the pandemic is behind us and we're waiting, I guess, for another pandemic. Yeah. So how will you be starting the project? The project is building, let's say, a preparedness for future pandemics, not only COVID now. And uh, we're pretty sure that uh, it's coming. I mean, we might have like uh, a pause currently or uh, a lapse of time where we'll not have a pandemic, but it might be coming in the future years. So, and also there are a a number of uh, stagnant, let's say, pandemic situations across the Middle East so that we we should keep an eye on these uh, these situations, such as cholera and Ebola and uh, measles, et cetera. So these are, uh, and polio. Even polio was uh, yeah. was a situation in Syria, there was that is, in Syria. It was an outbreak, and even they were talking about maybe the the risk of also having such cases in Lebanon. So we should always keep an eye, at least on a list of uh, situation. And they are talking also that the next pandemic will be related to multi drug resistant bacteria, because as you know, that the antibiotics that we have in our hands currently are not sufficient in front of mutations that are leading to extremely resistant bacteria that are sur- I mean, resurging from time to time. And uh, we, know that, we know in our hospitals that when it, uh, when it happens, it's uh, extremely complicated because you need specific types of antibiotics. And the current situation in Lebanon that is that uh, the access also to drugs and specific uh, antibiotics is, is, is getting harder and harder. So this is something that we should not permit in our country and in our uh, hospitals. 
So we should always also keep an eye on mutating bacteria and uh, multidrug resistant bacteria. So how we're gonna be uh, beginning this project, uh, it should begin by uh, gathering a team of different kinds of stakeholders. But let's say the, the, the main team that will drive the, the project will be a multidisciplinary team comprised of uh, laboratory physicians, microbiology uh, experts. We will have also infectious diseases and internal medicine uh, physicians with us nursing, infection control officers. Uh, we'll have also uh, medical informatics experts. We'll have also a partner from the Ministry of Public Health. And this is something that was required and is important for future implementation and generalization of this pilot. So we'll have on board uh, one expert from the MOPH, which will make sure that what we are doing in the pilot is aligned with the strategy that was recently also uh, uh, finalized and published by the Ministry of Public Health, the strategy until 2030, and will accompany us so that this initiative will eventually be adopted by other hospitals and maybe also by the surveillance unit in the MOPH. So uh, basically, we will be joining forces with the medical team, the, the nursing team, the lab team, and the Ministry of uh, Public Health, and of course, medical informatics and programmers so that we can all together be able to uh, draft the system. So this is mainly our, our project team and it will go through a multiple, multiple phases. First, uh, there will be a literature review uh, that will be done on such systems so that uh, we'll be not beginning uh, this from scratch and we'll be taking into consideration the challenges other people that were trying to do this had uh, experienced uh, also in other countries. Uh, so uh, literature review, uh, state-of-the-art, uh, let's say phase that should uh, take around uh, six months. And then we'll be uh, trying to understand with the medical team and the lab team what will be the, the requirements for the system. So we're going to be drafting these requirements, validating them also with the MOPH. And then we'll be doing prototype with our uh, medical informatics team and programmers. Uh, this prototype will be subject to multiple phases of validation. So we'll have retrospective validation, prospective validation, and then uh, at the end of this project, we'll try to do some external validation, which means that we're going to be trying to use the, this pilot uh, or prototype in another hospital or another laboratory to see what would happen, would it give this same results, would it uh, work, in fact, when different types of data, when different contexts will be used. So uh, this is, it's a complex project, which will uh, have multiple phases, but hopefully we'll be able to, uh, to drive it uh, till the end. And in the second phase of the project, we'll be generalizing it to one or two hospitals or labs to try to see how we can link all this together. And eventually, in the last phase, we'll propose this to the Ministry of Health and put a plan with them on the next steps of adopting this as a central or national uh, tool for public surveillance. So part of your project will be to develop this AI tool for surveillance. So right now, you're building it from scratch. Is this what I understood? Yes. However, we have some uh, projects that we uh, initiate in the hospitals. As I said earlier, we are very active uh, on the theme of uh, detecting adverse events in the hospital. So 
we already have an idea how to get this info and uh, how to build such platforms using AI and using programming. So uh, we're going to use our experience and maybe some bits and pieces of projects that we already did, but mainly the requirements and the logic will be brand new and adapted to this project specifically. And is this something that you will be able to do yourself or will you need the help of like programmers and... Uh... We will definitely need the help of a team of programmers, but uh, I mean, my role would be to be a link between the physicians and the clinician team and the programmers, because these are two different worlds and they need a link. And I will also be contributing to both, in fact, to the formalization of, the, let's say, the decision algorithm. And at the same time, in helping the programmers understand what are the requirements. Yeah, so basically what you're going to be doing is trying to detect the different viruses or diseases or multidrug-resistant bacteria in the different hospitals and then trying to use a system that will bring them all together and potentially give like automatic statistical analysis and probabilities of, let's say, an epidemic or a pandemic developing. Exactly. So eventually our aim is to understand very quickly and very early some dangerous trends that are going on. Because I think this is the main problem we have in Lebanon and in other low to middle income countries is that when we detect something, it is often too late. One such case is cholera. Fortunately, we were able to contain cholera in Lebanon, but um, things could have been more complex in other uh, scenarios. So uh, this is our aim. This is our aim is to equip the hospitals and the Ministry of Health with better dashboards, with more real-time dashboards about what's happening. And even this, this could have an economic impact, I guess, because I remember I was still in Lebanon when the COVID-19 pandemic started, and it was sort of a haphazard thing where like, the minister would say, okay, everything's closed for two weeks, then they would open up completely, then close again, so as if there was no plan. And I think if there's a pandemic surveillance system, then you can have a better plan and a better decision tree using AI on what to do to try to contain the pandemic. Am I correct? I think we learned, I mean, everybody learned a lot from COVID uh, because maybe uh, some decisions were not built on data. Some decisions maybe you should have used more links between data. I mean, it's not only about having the number of cases. It's also trying to understand what's the link between decisions and uh, the incidence of of COVID. So, uh, yeah. I think when we have multiple sources of data and a rich data set uh, of indicators, we can have more interesting and more data-built decisions. I have a question for you. Will the system only detect things that we currently measure, like bacteria and viruses that we already know, or will it be able to find signals for new things that are emerging, for example, like a new strain of COVID or a new strain of virus? Does does it have that capability or is that uh, next level stuff? What we will do uh, eventually is to first identify, I mean, the most common uh, pathogens that uh, need to be surveyed. But uh, we can also uh, try to implement indirect surveillance, which means that as COVID, for example, began in, uh, in China, what they saw in the, in the first place was higher than usual cases of respiratory decompensation in hospitals. This is where they understood that uh, something was happening because there were a lot of respiratory cases and severe cases happening with a high mortality related to these respiratory cases. So we can imagine to have something 
like that, which means that we can try to understand if the level of some clinical information or uh, I mean clinical indicators is changing from baseline. And this is where we're going to be understanding if we have maybe some respiratory pandemic going on or other types, a gastrointestinal pandemic going on, etc. So if we can understand the changes in rates, a number of uh, uh, clinical situations, we might be able to understand a posteriori that something is happening, but, it, but earlier than uh, the, the tools that we, we have uh, currently. But because the input for that would have to be clinical, not just yeah. from the lab information system. This, I just but, wanted uh, to... Clinical, clinical data, if you want to understand uh, that there is a new process going on or a new pandemic situation going on, the time it will take you from the moment it will begin till your discovery is something that is very precious and important for the control of the pandemic. And maybe the, by the time you do the PCR and you understand that this is a new strain of a virus, it will be maybe weeks or months that the pandemic is already radiated. But the, the signal from the variation and the number of cases of gastrointestinal or pulmonary or, or other types of, of cases is available or can be available and can be detectable if you have this system in multiple hospitals. And maybe it can give, give us an earlier indication than uh, PCR or uh, in-depth surveillance of, of viruses and bacteria. And I guess this is where the role of AI comes in because it can detect signals that the human eye Exactly. Uh, exactly. Cannot detect. So, in a way, AI can give us maybe information that we wouldn't know until later. And especially if you couple this with big data, which means that if you couple this with multiple sources, multiple hospitals, let's say in the beginning we can choose maybe two or three hospitals in each Lebanese region. And if we can get these signals and try to see if they have the same trends going on. This means that we have something on the national level. Or maybe in, in, in one region, we, when we have two or three hospitals and uh, we have the same trends going on, which means that we might, might have a propagation in this region. So uh, the, the, the possibility of analyzing big data is also an added value to what is currently existing. Right. And so exactly, I was going to ask that question. So basically, you don't need to have all hospitals involved in the project, but you have to have select hospitals in each region involved so you yep. can have a signal from each region to know what's happening across uh, the country of Lebanon. Or if, yeah. This can be a first step, yes. Right. This can be exactly. a first step. Exactly. We've talked extensively, I think, about using AI for microbiological surveillance, whether it's pandemic surveillance or multidrug-resistant bacteria surveillance or viral surveillance. Uh, do you see a role of AI too in, in other aspects of healthcare? I can give you examples of, there's a big role now of AI, let's say in lung cancer screening softwares uh, by detecting like early nodules and you analyze the numbers, you analyze how many of these nodules are cancer, um, and then you can make decisions about how frequently you need to surveil patients in different countries or different regions. Uh, are there applications of this in Lebanon too that are upcoming other than pandemic surveillance at this point? In Lebanon, I'm not sure that um, this technology is still, I mean, uh, is uh, has already arrived and is uh, really used in, uh, in the healthcare sector. But what we know that is that uh, uh, there are a number of 
sectors or specialties where this technology is getting more mature. For example, radiology. So in radiology, and now we have already some tools that are used or piloted in some Lebanese hospitals where there is a software analyzing systematically x-rays, trying to give to the radiologist or to the ER physician some info about potential fractures or maybe uh, uh, lung problems in the patient so that the medical team does not miss important uh, information and does not mean discharge patients that can have a high risk of deterioration. So this is one aspect that is currently in Lebanon, piloted in some uh, hospitals, but maybe in the coming years, this will be more standardized and more systematic uh, in hospitals. Another application, which is beginning to be adopted in Lebanon, especially in the big university hospitals, is the deterioration modules and the uh, electronic medical records. As you know, vital signs are taken from patients each few hours by nurses. And so this info, when it goes into the electronic medical record, can be used in a more intelligent way. There are some uh, uh, scores that can be derived either by experts or by AI that can give you a, a probability of deterioration for patients. So this is something important for, for the physicians and nurses especially in floors uh, outside ICU, so that they can understand that this patient is going through a deterioration path, given its evolution of his deterioration score, or in fact, this, this uh, patient uh, maybe needs to be transferred to ICU or needs special attention or uh, to have a nurse uh, really going frequently to his room and get getting his vitals more frequently, etc. So deterioration modules, are something that is uh, more commonly now used in hospitals across the world. And one of our projects in, in our hospitals is, in fact, a deterioration module, which uh, is based on AI. We programmed an AI-derived deterioration module that we have tested, and we are currently trying to prospectively implement and test in, in our hospital. So, are those so these are two, two EMR, or do you build them in-house? We do not have a complex EMR in our hospital. So uh, what we tried uh, is to take the information we need from the database of the HIS and on top, uh, as a standalone application, uh, try to implement our methods. But what about hospitals that use big EMR like Cerner or Epic? Do you know if those models are built in or? They are built in. And I mean, they are features. <laughs> they are features in uh, Epic or Sterner, et cetera. Yeah. Okay. Right. It is, it is built in. Uh, but there's only one hospital, I think, in Lebanon right now with Epic. So it's, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah. more and more are going through big names of uh, EMRs. I think in the, the, the couple of years to come, we'll have at least like uh, four or five big hospitals all the major also. hospitals basically in beirut yeah. the yeah. university hospitals yeah. exactly yeah. so uh, uh, is the medical informatics community organized in lebanon do you guys like talk to each other is there like a union or like an interest group or is it all individual projects uh, uh, no <laughs> no but you touched a very important point because uh we're currently thinking of uh founding uh not a syndicate, but more of an organization that can really try to uh, 
uh, unite these people that have uh, these, these interests in Lebanon. We should have a group or uh, association or uh, not syndicate, but uh, maybe a society for uh, medical informatics uh, specialists. Yeah. Right, and because there is there is already a healthcare quality group, right? Uh, was talking yes, about the podcast with uh, Rula Hamoud and uh, she had established the healthcare quality. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But this is another domain. I mean, uh, healthcare quality, this is, I mean, subdomain or a different domain. Medical informatics, it's a domain in between healthcare professionals and uh, informaticians. So uh, it's a special case. I think that it needs a special society. All right. So how do you see the future of healthcare informatics and medical informatics and in, in Lebanon, the region and the world, I guess, in the future? Will there I be think a we're role? going to... <laughs> Will there be a role for humans anymore? <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, uh, I'm a I'm an enthusiast for technology, but I'm trying to n- not to ride the wave of uh, of hype that is going on currently. Uh, because there is a wave uh, and it can be dangerous at a certain uh, in certain aspects. At the same time, uh, as you know, Europe and the United States are trying also to put some uh, some rules uh, related to the use of AI, especially in the, the healthcare sector. So uh, the use of AI comes with the big advantages, but it should be only seen as a decision support tool. The the final decision should be for the clinician. And it can only be for the clinician because AI has biases. AI has a certain level of errors, has some problems with understanding the context because uh, there is no AI algorithm or solution that can really understand all types of context, especially when you have complex contexts such as in Lebanon. So um, uh, it is a very, very interesting tool to use, but it should be used really efficiently and with a lot of attention and uh, with a low level of bias. I think we're going there, of course. It, it is the one-way road. We cannot go back. And I think the future of medicine and nursing and other healthcare profession will be for people who, who will know how to use AI, who will, uh, will try to use it at the best way possible. Uh, and I think that we should, as, as Lebanon, as a country that uses the richness of its education as a main source of specificity and, and income, because today, what is the main income for Lebanon? It is mainly people who, are, who, who got a good education and traveled abroad and are now currently trying to work abroad in, in, in Europe, in the United States, in Australia, and trying to help their families. Uh, and we know that these are brilliant people. So uh, this is our richness, this is our goal, this is our patrol. And uh, I think what we should do in Lebanon is try to create something with these people. Uh, a society for informaticians that are, for applied informaticians, for medical informatics people that can help also the Lebanese healthcare sector. Uh, we should not only be relying on uh, external or international societies or vendors. For this, we are already capable of uh, doing our own tools. And this is one of the things that I try to, to convince my management in the hospital that we're, we're capable of doing. And the system we created for the detection of medical errors and for adverse events is being used since 2019. 
So this is uh, something that we use every day, every single day. We are capable if we put our, I mean, hand in hand, our efforts to, to do something very interesting. And especially that now big companies have major challenges such as interoperability, how to maybe apply their solutions in other contexts, so external validation. Uh, I'm pretty sure that in five or 10 years, every hospital in Lebanon will have a department for AI. And we have the resources for this. We have good people, I mean, with people with the high skills, high skill sets. Uh, I'm pretty sure of this. This is this is a great uh, way uh, to, uh, final message yani, for the podcast. Uh, I I want to ask you what advice do you have for doctors or other healthcare practitioners who are interested in medical informatics and uh, using AI. How can they get more involved in this field besides getting a PhD? This is an excellent question because uh, this is the main gap currently. The main gap is about the curriculum of, of physicians and nurses and healthcare professionals, nowhere in the curriculum is uh, medical informatics or technology. And when they go and, uh, and see the field, just to give an example, when they see the EMR, this is something that they did not learn at the university. So uh, what, what we're trying to do currently is to try to convince uh, universities in Lebanon, especially faculties of medicine and nursing, to incorporate at least a few units uh, of, I mean, educational units about technology, the use of AI, medical informatics, in order to help these people that will use these tools a few years later to understand uh, since the beginning the potential of these tools and try even to, uh, to, col to collaborate or, I mean, to have a, to have a say or uh, to be able to participate in the elaboration of their tools in the future. I may be a little patriotic or um, biased towards the sector, but uh, it's not good also to just adopt international solutions, whereas our challenges are local. I mean, I think that 80% or 90% of, of our challenges can be solved using our resources. And I think uh, international societies or vendors cannot uh, solve them in the same way and the, with the same efficiency. So at the end of this podcast, I would really love to to give a call or to call for physicians and nurses to go and to try to do at least some online courses about AI, medical informatics, try to familiarize themselves with this domain. And if they can, and if they are interested to join this effort that is going on on an international level and be nurse informaticians and medical informaticians, because this is the goal that we're searching for the people that will join the both worlds. So uh, this is finally my, my call for the healthcare sector. And if I can contribute in, every, in anything, I would, be, I would love uh, to do it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Antoine, for being on the podcast. And indeed, I mean, they're starting to develop now some fellowships in uh, artificial intelligence, I think, in, in Europe and the US. Uh, but I think this is going to be the future. Uh, but... Medical informatics. I have a friend doing a right. fellowship in medical informatics. It's a two-year fellowship. Right, right. Yep. Right. 
So Antoine, that was super great and uh, we had great insights and uh, good luck on your you uh, future endeavors. And I'm sure, uh, I'm sure we'll see some good uh, outcomes and research coming out of this. Yeah, we'll have you back again to share your results on the podcast. I hope so. I hope so. You will give us a few years to do that. <laughs> All right, uh, I really want to thank you, uh, Muhammad Ali and, uh, and Khalil, for, uh, for this uh, huge opportunity uh, to, to raise this, uh, this project and uh, to communicate about it. Uh, and um, hopefully, uh, we'll give you a good result in a few years to share with, uh, with the community. And uh, good luck for you. And bravo for this uh, for this podcast that is trying to highlight uh, these important aspects. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much.